The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. I'm your host, Jeff Orbitz. This week, we're going to get into more detail about life insurance insurance with Glenn and Aaron, and uh, we're going to talk index universal life insurance and give you all the details. Glenn Least is a senior investment advisor with WT Wealth Management, and Aaron Lockward is back with us again. She's an insurance specialist. Uh, who works with Glenn. That's a hard one to get out there. It's a mouthful. Uh, well, welcome back. Last week we were talking insurance. We're doing it again because we're, we're getting into um, index universal life insurance. And I want folks to be able to reach you and, and call with any questions. Either call Glenn yeah, or Aaron, yeah. uh, 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. Or you can go to WTWealthManagement.com. Uh, but Aaron, let's let's start with you. Um a lot of people may have not even have heard of this, and it's called indexed universal life insurance. Why don't you break down exactly what that is? Start off with defining that. Yeah. So last time we talked about whole life policies, and an indexed universal life is a type of a whole life policy. So it also has that cash value component and the life insurance component. So just like whole life, you need to qualify depending on your age, your health is how you'll be rated. Um, you know, depending on your life circumstances is how much you, how much coverage you'd want. So, you know, if you have kids or a home or whatever, um, and then there's that cash value. So how it differs, it differs from a whole life policy. Whole life has a fixed growth rate, a fixed interest rate where an indexed is tied to an indice. So you have the potential for more growth and it's tied to the stock market, but you don't actually own the stock. It's, it's tied to the growth. So say the stock market goes up 10% and you're tied to that index, your cash value could grow 10%. Um, so it's, it's really attractive for people that want to have that extra growth. They're maybe a little bit more risky than, um, you know, that whole life policy where you don't really have risk, it's fixed. And that's kind of right up your alley, Glenn, because she's saying it's, it's tied to an index. So what, what types of index, what, and what does that mean? Yeah. So when they say index, there's a couple different, uh, main indexes that are, they're, they're talking about stock indexes. So the S and P 500 is probably the most common one that we've heard of, or the Russell 2000 or the Dow Jones industrial average. But the S and P 500 is the top 500 stocks in America based off of size. So if you're tying to an indice and they usually as kind of, they call them like benchmarks too, of how the market's doing. So when they say the market, they're usually referring to one of the main indices, mm-hmm. uh, cause that's a great snapshot. So uh, in this particular policy, it will be tied to the performance of whatever particular indice uh, they're tracking. So uh, they may have a couple different indices that they can you can select from the policy. So you do have a little bit of leeway as far as which indice. So you may say, well, maybe I want to have a more aggressive indice that focuses more on mid and small and you know 
size companies, uh, or maybe you just want the S and P 500 index. So that's when it says indice and it's, uh, tied to that, meaning you don't actually own that indice. You're not actually owning those stocks, but depending on how that particular indice does, the insurance company will, will credit you the performance of that, uh, on your cash. So to, to Aaron's point, the index universal life, uh, is a policy that can still give you the coverage that you're looking for, but also give you the ability to grow your cash value, uh, tied to the market. And we'll talk about the pros and cons of that here in just a minute, but that's kind of the basics of uh, how it differs from a, a whole life policy. So over time, Aaron, as you're paying your premium and portions going into that as, as cash value, and then it's, it's, it's also potentially growing or could be reducing if, if that index goes down. No, okay. no, that's, that's another good point. Thank you. So when, if the market or that indice was to drop, we call it zero is your hero. You don't lose your money. It's kind of like a stepping stone. So when the market drops, you just kind of plateau. You don't have any growth that year, but you also don't lose anything that year in your cash value. So a good example is say your indice that you're tracking for your cash value is the S&P 500 and you've got $10,000 in your cash value or sub account or whatever. Uh, and it goes up 10%. Well, the next year you'd have 11,000. Uh, and then the following year, the S and P 500 has a tough year. Maybe it's 2022 and maybe the market's down 10%. Uh, well that $11,000 doesn't go down by 10%. It just stays flat mm-hmm. at $11,000. So that's what Aaron's referring to. So a lot of these policies have floors, um, you know, exactly. so that way your, your, your cash value doesn't go down. Now the following question is, well, wait a minute how does the insurance company possibly offer this and still make a profit? So there's got to be some sort of caveat and there is, and we'll talk about how they, they factor that in. Cause if you know someone tells you, Hey, we can only have upside, no downside, you know, it almost sounds too good to be true. Right. You'd be like, Oh, I want all of that. Right. Cause who wouldn't? Um, but there are some sort of caveats as to those floors, the zeros hero, like what is the actual cost of having that in your policy? Well, so well, what is it? Now's a good time to, um, <clears throat> to hit on, hit on that. I mean, it's it's a harder one to answer because they kind of it's a managed account that's separate. So when they talk about the growth um, and the negative, they kind of build that into their planning over time. And that's why they have things called participation rates and caps. And this is where it gets a little complicated complicated for people. Um, so a participation rate, it's typically standard at a hundred percent. So say you have a hundred percent of a specific indice and it goes up 10%, then in theory you would be credited 10%. Um, however, if you have a cap of 2.5%, that means your ceiling is 2.5%. So that year the indice goes up 10%, you have a 100% participation rate, but a 2.5% cap, you're only going to get 2.5%. Yeah. So so that's where that built-in security is. On the other hand, they do have options that have no cap. And sometimes they even have like 130% participation rate. Um, and typically there's a fee associated with that. So like maybe a 1% fee or something. Um but there is a lot of flexibility and choice within these crediting strategies. And Glenn can probably touch base a little bit more. Yeah. So going back to the two main components, the participation rate, which is, uh, I've seen some as, you know, a hundred percent, I've seen 80%, I've seen 60, mm-hmm. I've seen one twenty, like Aaron talks about. So if you have an 80% participation rate, um, and you say you have no cap, you know, the market goes up 10%, then you would get eight, 
80% of it, which would be 8% for the year. Now, where it starts to get a little bit more complicated is when you add in a whole bunch of different variables, right? Because I can edit it quite a bit. And the the cap rates are not just yearly. Sometimes they can be monthly too. So they may say, well, we have a yearly cap and also a monthly cap too. So they may say your monthly cap is 2% or you know 1% monthly cap. So if the market goes up 5% in a month, but your, your cap is 2% per month, we only get 2%. So there's a lot of uh, math that goes involved in these with the insurance companies. And so they've definitely, they've got sharp pencils. They know what mm-hmm. they're doing. And so, um, but you can have these, these policies and these, uh, benefits and just understanding that depending on how you select them and what options you choose determines what your possible, um, returns might be. But then again, you know, I had one client say, Oh, well, which one should I choose? You know, how should I construct? And I said, well, we got to know exactly the returns of the market, (laughs) you know, to a T in order to do that, in order to project it properly. And so, um, you know, it is a little bit of a, um, challenge when it comes to that of, of projecting out how exactly everything's going to look. Cause everything's fine to project in the past, but when you're trying to project moving forward with all these variables, it can be a little challenging. And that's where these policies get very complicated. So, so when we're talking indexed universal life, um, insurance, it's, it's, it's a little more complex than what we we're talking last week, 100%. which is whole and term where things are really set and, and it's defined. Uh-huh. You have to really talk to, uh, everybody's different, I guess is yeah. what, I'm, what yeah. I'm getting at. And you have to tailor the individual situation on these ba- oh, based 100%. on the, okay. yeah. yeah. I've seen a lot of these policies not be funded properly and not be set up properly and they can have the propensity to not do well. And then I've seen other ones that have been set up fantastically well. And client came in, he was like, Oh, I set these up for my kiddos, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And I was looking at the statement going, geez, this thing's pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I should have one of these things too. Like this looks pretty great. So it, it really depends. And like I said, the industry as a whole, uh, sometimes there's bad actor, bad actors in the industry that just don't set things up properly. And that is unfortunate. So, uh, we want to make sure that we, we get you taken care of. Well, and let's get into when we come back, uh, who this is a good fit for, because this yeah. is a little more complicated than some of the other ones we talked about insurance policies. And if you've got any questions, give Glenn a call at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. And you can also go to WTWealthManagement.com. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back. You're listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Lease. Uh, and you can give Glenn a call anytime at 928-225-2474. Or you can go to WTWealthManagement.com. Erin Lockward is with us as well. She's an insurance specialist. And uh, we've been talking about uh, indexed universal life insurance. And, and Glenn and Aaron, a little more complicated uh, discussion than the um, whole life policies and the, the term life policies. And I, I guess who's this policy a good fit for? Um, so I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, I, I do like one podcaster. You've probably heard his name before, Dave Ramsey, and uh, he's yep. got an interesting take on life insurance. He's really heavily opposed to whole life uh, index, universal life, and that that's okay. Um, he he believes you know strictly in term, and I don't think he's. Uh, I, I really like his advice, and I think he's very wise, but. 
I do think that, you know, in some situations this can make sense and we just need to make sure that people meet all these criteria and it's not going to be hundred percent of everyone that comes through my door should have an index universal life. That's, that's, I think that's naive of us to think, but as we get to know people and as we discuss what they're looking for, then we can kind of back into, well, maybe this might be a good fit. So the first question you ask is, well, who is this a good fit for? And one of them that comes to the top of my mind is, uh, for, for someone that really wants life insurance coverage, but uh, the stock market terrifies them, right? I've heard some people in my office say, I never ever want to lose money or see my account be down just for one day. And I think to myself, well, you're not going to like the stock market yeah. then because uh, I hate to break it to you, but there's good days and there's bad, bad days. And the best thing to do is to put your money in, set it and forget it, have us manage it and not check it every single day. But some people, they're constantly checking their accounts, their investment accounts, and they can't stand to see their account be down for one day. Um, and so this might be a great opportunity for them to have a little bit more because it's got that you know, built in uh, floor, you know, so it'll never go down, but they may miss some on the upside though. So that is the the caveat is if they're okay with that, but that allows them to be successful long-term, well, then maybe this is a good fit for them that they like, they like the life insurance portion of it, but they like that it has a floor, um, but they're, you know, capped on the upside. So that's one person that I can think of that might be a, a good fit for, um, and then, uh, Aaron, who, what, who, what else? Yeah. 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 What other, uh, who else do you think? And especially, uh, Aaron and Aaron Lockwood's with us as well. Um, what about single people? Yeah. So I, my old job was a wildlife biologist and people working out in the field. They're like, I, I don't have a partner. I don't own a home. Why would I want life insurance? And I was like, well, because you work for yourself. So if something happened to you, the newer life insurance and the IULs that I work with, they have living benefits. So if you were to get injured for say six months and you can't work, you'll have that protection. And also we had talked about how it, it grows tied to the index at any age, you can access that cash value. And one awesome thing is come retirement. So age 50, 60 plus, you can turn on what's called is a guaranteed for life income stream, and that will pay you tax free. So say you've built up, I don't know how, 200,000 and you say, all right, I'm done paying. You flip that on and you'll start getting paid monthly or annually, however you want to set it up, tax free. And that's a huge benefit. It's kind of this loophole because um, the IRS doesn't see a a life insurance policy as, um, what's the word? It's got different tax treatment for sure. Exactly. And, and with the majority of investments I do, there's no getting around taxes. I mean, that's the reality of life is death and taxes. You can get it at one point. Yeah. 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 So this is a great option and it comes with its pros and cons. And so some people want to have this as part of their overall plan to say, I've got this other bucket that is guaranteed income tax free. Um, whereas my other investment accounts, Glenn does very well, but we're not, none of us are going to avoid the IRS taxes. It's going to come due eventually at uh, some point in time. So that's kind of a nice option to have this other bucket that you can have, especially if you're a single person uh, and you want to be able to save for yourself to have this in conjunction with maybe some other investment accounts that you're doing. And you can turn on as the income stream and access the cash during that and have some protection for yourself too, for the un- unfortunate event of if you got injured or, or chronically ill, because your, your investment accounts don't have that sort of uh, the built in uh, protection and benefits like a life insurance policy does. And you, Glenn, you were saying, uh, and folks, if you've got a question for Glenn or Aaron, call anytime at 928-225-2474. 
and these these plans are very tailored is uh-huh. what i'm hearing and very mm-hmm. custom and depends on everybody's where everybody is at who who calls you uh you specifically say that if you're having trouble scrapping together you know a small amount of premium this is probably not for you. Yeah, yeah, because you have to be able to consistently fund a universal life policy because you can run into the issue of not funding it enough and the insurance costs kind of building up and stacking on top of you. So this is, for someone that's trying to scrape together 50 bucks a month to get some basic coverage, this is probably, index universal life is probably not the right move for them. Maybe you just get, get some cheap term for the time being and as your situation improves, this is for someone that really two, three, four hundred dollars a month, you know, is, is very doable consistently over time. Because then that's where these policies can really shine. I mean, yeah, you might be able to set something up for fifty bucks a month with the IUL, but if you really want to do it well and have the the growth and the flexibility, and it really work for you in the way that I think they should, then I think you need to be able to consistently fund at that amount, or you know, dump in a larger one time premium to kind of get the thing going. So yeah, they're they're not for people just looking for basic protection. Uh, they're they're for people that can actually save a little bit each month. And you may want to go listen back to last week's show. Uh, about whole life insurance and uh, term, uh, yeah. term life yep, insurance. Yep. And you get that at WTWealthManagement.com. Uh, it's kind of a, a question I just thought of, and, and either one of you maybe answer this. Do people- and, and they're also available on Spotify, iTunes, and oh, good. Apple. Yeah, so that's, or, uh, that's new. Uh, sorry, Amazon. Yeah, so you can type in Intelligent Investing okay. with Glenn Lease and find all of our podcasts there too. Okay, good. Intelligent Investing, type that in on, on most of your podcast Almost all of them, yeah. yeah. Intelligent Investing that's with great. Glenn Lease, you that's, bet. That's great. Uh, do people combine- some of these policies sometimes like they do index universal and then maybe they do uh, term. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's a great point. So when people want this as a lifetime income or there, it's really important for the cash value buildup for them. um, I often recommend that they partner it with a term. So while you're working, maybe get a, a 20, 30 year term, depending on what you're the rest of your career is. And that way, if you're injured, you can access the living benefits from that term policy and still allow that cash value to be untouched, that that IUL to be untouched. And you're you're protecting both sides of it. So if you're a single person, it's great. If you're a family, um, you have kids, it's it's really good for anyone that can't afford it. And, and one of my thoughts is a lot of these policies allow you to do that within the, the same policy, right? Where you can have the index universal life and then just have a larger component of it be term insurance and then a smaller component be into the cash value or that sub account. So you have the ability to kind of customize it as time goes on and kind of do a little bit of a blend within the policy. It's not like, so it's not like you have to get, you know, multiple different separate policies unless you want to, you know, we can certainly do that. But uh, if you can kind of want to dial it in within one policy to kind of have it uh, really kind of customized for you, we can certainly do that. And you can make some adjustments as time goes on too. That's the nice thing is uh, say you have a lot of term up front on this IUL, and then you want to eventually start converting that more into that permanent or that, that, uh, you know, cash value into the more whole life stuff. You can kind of do that within the policy as time goes on and not have to requalify either. So, um, you know, it's a very effective strategy for people. So a lot of different options. Uh, that's what we've learned the past two weeks. Um, and, and even within the index universal life fund, there's a, a lot of, um, customization, I guess that can, that can happen, mm-hmm. uh, within that. 
All right. Um, it's great news about the podcast. This is, this is episode number 27 of intelligent investing. Yep, yep. Did you put, are they all available now? All available on there. Okay. Yep. And you want to so, type in intelligent investing with Glenn least. Okay. There's another person that I think was named Glenn least or something. I don't know. Oh, really? Out what's we don't, going on. we don't know what, which, <laughs> which Glenn least yeah. that is. Okay. It's not but a if, common name. I don't you, know how that happens. Yeah. That's strange. So if you, if you type in intelligent investing with Glenn least, yep. uh, L E E S T, uh, you will, you could go back and, and, and listen to last week. Week's um, show about uh, term, um, um, yeah, uh, term and whole life yep. insurance, and also yep. uh, our, our discussions about different stock markets, investing one hundred and one, yep, everything, uh, everything, inflation. I, I mean, it's it's You've all got there. All descriptions so on there too, so we got the notes on there for you. So if you want to, you know, jot down and, and learn that we've got it all set up. That's for great you. news. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Aaron, Glenn, Thank we'll you. see you back here next week. Cool. And uh, folks, remember, you can call Glenn anytime at 928-225-2474. That's 928-225-2474. Also look up Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least on your favorite podcast provider or go to WT Wealth Management. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here soon. Take care. Take care.